Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal. And I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, welcome to another episode of Melting Pot, a series of conversations with very diverse and extremely passionate people who are also, in my opinion, change makers and they come from all walks of life and from all over the world. My guest today is Sam Allen. Sam is an arts engagement specialist. And she's also the founder of the Creative Social, which is an enterprise based in Singapore. Currently, Sam lives in London, um, and we all hear her tell us her journey and her travels and her everything that you know she'd like to share with you, my listeners. So, thank you, Sam, for talking to me on Melting Pot today. And I know. <laughs> bit early for you where you are but I do appreciate you starting your day with me so again oh it's my pleasure <laughs> so yes what's your story Sam you are from the UK but are you originally from the UK Yes, I am. So I'm originally from um, South East England, um, from Kent, but both of my parents are from um, other countries. So my father was from um, the West Indies and the Caribbean, from a British island, uh, which meant that, um, you know, an ex-colony. Um, so that meant that um, he came to settle here with his family um, in his teenage years. And my mother's from uh, Melbourne in Australia. And she came backpacking to the UK when she was about 24 and eventually met my father and um, decided to stay. So they have three girls. I'm number number two. Um, so, yes, I, I have um, I come from mixed heritage, which is very much part of who I am and the work I do. And I think what sort of interests me and, and, and drives me, especially now um, in the work I'm doing. I've also lived um, in lots of different places around the world, possibly because I come from parents who have always loved travel, who love culture, food. They're very excited by people from, from different cultures. Um, so I've traveled a lot. I've lived in lots of different countries. Um, most recently, I lived in Singapore for seven years, uh, which I absolutely loved. Prior to that, I was living in Portugal. 
Um, I've also travelled around the world several times. I've lived in Australia a couple of times. So yes, and I've, I, I'm, I'm now back in London at the moment, which has been um, a, a very interesting year. Obviously, 2020's had um, a lot of challenges, but it's been a very exciting year as well. So, so, so that's where I am at the moment. Okay. And uh, you call yourself an arts engagement specialist. So for yes. people who, who don't really um, understand what that is, I'd love you to talk about that. Well, um, my work as a, um, an arts engagement specialist sort of started, you know, so it's, it's, it's around, um, obviously, the arts. I guess what I would say is this is quite a new area. Some people call it sort of, you know, like audience participation, um, audience development, you know, interpretation. There's lots of different phrases that are used in sort of museums and art galleries. I guess um, what I would say is that I sit between cultural organisations, museums, heritage spaces and the audience. So in Singapore, I helped people understand, connect and engage with art in very different ways in those spaces. So that might be working with a cultural organisation on their programming to enliven it, to deepen it, to enrich it, to be more kind of audience focused rather than curatorial sort of focused, curatorially led. That also extends to my own work. Um, I used to do a lot of curated gallery tours where I would take people with me on a journey. I tend to focus on identity. So looking at things through the lens of identity, which might be gender, it could be culture, it could be your beliefs, your health systems, and trying to help people understand what they're seeing. So even if you don't like something, trying to figure out why you don't like it or if you really respond to something, why that is. I also do things like facilitate panel discussions. That's another way of, you know, engaging people, trying to ask better questions, different questions, deeper questions about things. I run a lot of workshops. I write a lot of education, arts educational programmes as well. So these are other forms of engagement. Yeah, I do a lot of uh, sort of facilitation of people's understanding and learning of art. And that comes out in lots of different ways. I um, also do some arts journalism. I have been a media partner with, um, you know, large companies, you know, one-to-one collaborations, um, just trying to help people sort of really tease out the truth and the depth and the the meaning behind something and then helping the audience personalise that for them so they walk away really understanding something or being able to connect with it, even if that's a negative connection. Because I guess through my work as an educator, I loved those light bulb moments when you could see that somebody was really getting something and really understanding something. And I realised that that was something that I could do in the art world. And I think, you know, so many people spend their lives around art and sort of, you know, but don't really understand it and don't really sort of feel that, that, that it's for them, you know, whereas actually art is supposed to be a reflection of society. Um, it's a critique of society. So it is about us. It's about all of us. And I think when you have those connections with art, uh, which I have always felt possibly because my mother was an artist and we were always in galleries when we were children, you know, I want other people to feel that. I want people to understand what art can do for them, you know, how it can make you think about your own life, how you can feel so connected and drawn to something, how it can 
make you curious about something and go away and, and, and research it, you know, or, you know, the way it can just make you feel understood or happy or, I don't know, angry about something and want to sort of, you know, take action in, in some way to sort of improve something or to help in some way. And I think that's so powerful. So, so that's really what my heart's engagement work is at the moment. But, it, you know, it's, it's something that um, it, it's definitely a, a developmental area definitely with the people I'm connected with around the world on, on LinkedIn, etc., who work in different cultural spaces, you know, people interpret that in different ways. And it's still really quite a, a relatively new area to work in. Okay. And is that what prompted you or, you know, or kind of headed you in the direction of setting up creative social in Singapore? Uh, creative art social. Um, creative art yeah. social. Yeah. Yeah, it did actually. I saw, um, you know, when I moved to Singapore, I saw a very clear gap in, in the market. I saw a niche and I, I don't necessarily think I, I wasn't looking for an opportunity, but it was a frustration. And it, it began as a frustration that, you know, when I moved to Singapore in 2012, there was so much money being put into the arts. Sam, what was the reason for you to move to Singapore? It was it because you wanted to experience Asia? Why Singapore? Um, well, I'd actually travelled a lot in Asia before and loved it. And I guess I was looking to, to live somewhere in Asia. And actually, rather than just sort of travel through as a backpacker, which is wonderful, I actually wanted to stop somewhere for a while. So that's how I ended up in Singapore. You know, the, the right opportunity came up in education. And when I got there, um, my job allowed me to pursue something else as well. And yeah, I saw, I saw a gap in the market. There was a lot of top-down activity. So lots of art schools, lots of new spaces opening up. And, but I just noticed that there was no bottom-up action. So, you know, so many people in Singapore, particularly sort of local people who'd had a very sort of STEM-based um, education system based on science, mathematics, etc., but not really sort of arts and creativity, were interested in, um, in exploring art but didn't really know where to start. And I saw that as, as a frustration at first. And then I saw that as an opportunity. And I started running um, arts events, initially just taking people to um, existing events that were, that were happening. Because, you know, so many people said, God, how do you know this is going on? You know, this is fantastic. I've lived here my whole life. And I just thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm inquisitive. You know, I look, for, I look for things in unusual spaces, perhaps. I don't know. And then after a while, there was a huge amount of um, different sort of groups, art groups, you know, a few years later that were sort of emerging. And I thought, well what's different about yours? And I realised that the people who were coming to my groups were saying, gosh, we learned so much about art from you. And, you know, your group's quite different from other people's. And, you know, there was a lot more learning, you know, in a, in a fun way, but there was a lot more, they, they would get a lot more out of my groups rather than, you know, and then I started running, you know, my own groups and workshops and gallery tours. And I started partnering up with, you know, galleries, because, you know, they were very happy of having the footfall. And they would also, you know, the, the gallery owners or the people working in the galleries, you know, loved having a group of people who were very interested in what they were doing, you know, and they'd sort of give us talks and things like this, you know, and, and I think also I realised that the art community had always, had always been, you know, the true art community in Singapore 
had probably felt quite sort of small and, and sidelined. And I think people who were interested in learning more about art and being around creative people didn't have a social group as well. So, so that's how it emerged. And, you know, it's so wonderful. You know, I left Singapore in um, 2019 and, you know, it was such a different place such a different place you know it, there's so many people who are interested in art there's so many you know young people older people as well who are really curious about what they're seeing who are really developing a taste for you know different types of art who are so much more curious about what's out there and I think there's more of an ownership of the of their sort of creativity whereas before it felt like people were sort of waiting for somebody else to 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 bring it, help bring them, it help them learn and, and help, oh, them, help them learn. Like, yeah, that yeah. was my opportunity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you, I mean, London again is so, it's just incredible the amount of art galleries and museums mm. and culture is, it's so rich. Singapore, it's not fair to compare because Singapore is so much smaller, but the seven years that you were here, you did mention that things were, have changed. On a smaller scale, but how would you compare London with Singapore, Singapore with London in, in that space? I think there are wonderful opportunities in both. I think for me, by the time I left, you know, I formed some incredible relationships. I, you know, I was media partner with all the big um, arts events in arts festivals and things in Singapore. You know, I... I was I felt like I was doing really good work you know meaningful work when I say good work I mean meaningful work and I was enjoying that but at the but at the time I felt like I needed more of a challenge and I think you know Singapore is the the Singapore art scene is full of opportunity I think that's a wonderful thing because it's it's quite a green space so you know and, and when you come to London you don't get that opportunity in the same way you know there's there's a huge amount to soak up here you know in a very sort yeah. of deep level and you know I remember it's very it's I guess it's very uh, it's matured right it, uh, very, it's mature but yeah. then with that mature, with, with that maturity you get the elitism you get the you know you get the sort of get to the back of the queue you know everyone thinks they're important in the art world you know and, and again opportunity is not the same here it's mm -hmm. it's much more difficult it's not impossible at all and I've loved some of the work I, you know well most of the work I've done here and it's it's quite different from Singapore I think another thing that I noticed initially was you know I think in Singapore people still create within the boundaries of or the limitations of censorship and you know here people don't well I mean there is there is censorship in in some ways you know and definitely in the sort of the the racial activism work I've been doing recently you know the you know there's a there's a lot of limitations there's a lot of oppression of voices and you know different groups of people in England so the, the challenge is quite different but I think what I initially noticed here is that com public conversations were so much more open you know so public right. art yeah. conversations so much more open and rather than I think in Singapore I'd often find that conversation you know the right things were highlighted but they were never really resolved publicly whereas here conversations are pushed you know opinions are really you know people people offer their their true opinion in a public space 
there's a lot of dissent, which I love. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I find that conversations go further and deeper, but that doesn't mean to say there aren't problems. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's, you know, with people being able to express themselves, you know, you know, minority groups, you know, quieter voices are still you know, seeking that amplification here. So there's there's a huge amount of work to be done. But yeah, I think there's just, there's more of a, there's more of a, what would I say, more of an identity here in art. Whereas in Singapore, I still think Singapore's trying to find its, its artistic identity, you know, through, sometimes through the influences of other parts of Asia, um, etc. You know, they're still trying to find their identity. Whereas there's much more of a confidence in and a development in a lot of the art that you see here. Um, But it is, it's a completely different, you know, it's a completely different ball game. You know, it's, 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 we've had hundreds and thousands of years of artistic, you know, influence as have a lot of parts of, of Asia, you know, and Singapore's a very, you know, young country that's still itself out. So it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a criticism. It's just an observation of, you know, countries being in different spaces. I mean, you know, we have a huge amount of problems over here, not just with COVID, but with Brexit. And, you know, um, there's a, a massive funding crisis over here now for the arts. So, you know, that's changing a lot of things as well, changing how people are doing things. I think, again, I choose to see that as an exciting time, which is going to force some changes that need to happen. But yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of difficulties and challenges here as well. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pio, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. Yeah, and in Singapore, I think it's arts spaces as well as um, arts in general are getting a lot of or is getting a lot of support, financial, you know, with grants and funding and all of that. Mm -hmm. Really, it is at that stage where, you know, Singapore wants it to become a more mature um, area of development. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, so in that sense, a lot of work is being done. Um, Definitely, it's very, you know, it's very exciting. And, and and like I said, in such a small space of time when I lived in Singapore, I mean, seven years is a long time, but it's a very short time. You know, the development there 
you know, and, and when I say development, I really sort of mean the development of sort of creative thinking, you know, critical thinking, you know, those sorts of elements that are, are really important it was, it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, you know, so that was very exciting to be a part of that, massively exciting, you know. Yeah. And I think in a small place, you can feel your, 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 you can feel what your influence has been, as well as, you know, the influence of others around you, you know, who work in that space. It's incredibly exciting. Whereas I think in London, you know, you're this tiny little, tiny little fish in an incredibly big pond, you know. <laughs> um, so it's completely different. But, you know, both are, 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 have been wonderful experiences for me. Yeah. And very, very distinct distinctive experiences which and enriching very so enriching yeah absolutely mm. That's what i was gonna say um so is creative arts social still around in singapore um not in the same way my my blog is is still alive just about my social media um but you know at the moment i'm in a period of sort of change um as regards creative arts social and the the direction it's going in so that's actually something i'm i'm working on in lockdown 2.0 um <laughs> in london because i think you know again from the work um and the experiences i've had since i've been back in london you know i'm i'm on a journey we're all on a journey and you know i'm i'm a i'm a lifelong learner so i love that you know, that, that journey of learning and experience and sort of reflection and evaluation. And I think the work that I'm very interested in doing more of at the moment is still around identity. I'm just about to do, to embark on a project around mixed heritage. I'm, I'm of mixed heritage and how mixed heritage is represented um, in art. You know, people often talk about, you know, people from minority backgrounds, you know, there's been a huge Black Lives Matter movement here and all around the world um, this year, which has been sort of, you know, it's been very powerful, it's been very challenging as well. But, you know, I'm very keen to uh, explore mixed race heritage in art, because, you know, w when you're of mixed race, you belong everywhere and don't belong anywhere. You know, you're, you're part of different cultures. And, I think sometimes you fit in very well in different cultures because of that. But I think also you sort of have this inbuilt diplomacy that perhaps people from one culture don't really have. You know, I'm a very inclusive person. I try to bridge gaps. Um, I, I try to form relationships. I try to help other people do that. I think you have this sort of inbuilt diplomacy. And I think it's really interesting how we also have been sort of forgotten, you know, in art, mixed race, people of mixed, mixed heritage are the largest growing group in, in Britain, you know, so, so where are we, where, where, where's our representation in, in an art gallery, you know, and, and people of mixed heritage aren't, you can't sort of put us in a box in the same way, although of course we are characterised where, you know, as people of colour are, in, in this country and around the world by the use of acronyms like BAME, for example, Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic, which, you know, it does not represent us properly. So I'm very interested in looking at that. 
I'm also doing a lot of work around um, anti-racism in the arts and heritage sector, something that emerged from the Black Lives Matter movement this year. And, you know, the, the fact that institutional racism is, is, is rife, you know, lack of opportunity for people of colour, you know, in, in senior positions, for example, is one thing, but also in the very sort of reductive ways that people are represented in museums. I've also been doing a lot of work around decolonisation. I was very lucky um, during this year to do work with an incredible association called Culture Rand, who do a lot of work around authentic decolonisation. And, you know, I've also um, worked in, you know, large spaces like the Tate Modern as well uh, this year, which was um, also a phenomenal experience. And just sort of looking at the, you know, the, the vastness of some of these arts, in, arts institutions and understanding how culture is formed within institutions. So I'm, I'm really interested in working in that area. So also sort of engagement within organisations as well as with the audience outside. So yes, our, uh, Creative Arts Social is still alive and kicking. It's, it's getting a, a little refresh at the moment. And, you know, I will continue to try to engage, try to provoke, I think, and try to to, to make a difference in, you know, in, 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 the, in the industry. I think that's something that's that's really become clear for me this year and it was clear through my work in Singapore you know I don't want to work in a beautiful gallery sitting behind a desk you know looking at depictions of war you know on the walls I want to be I want to be changing something I want to be helping people you know really learn about what's going on around the world I want to help people learn about themselves I want to improve the conditions and uh, of the people working in you know, in, in um, arts and cultural heritage spaces as well. You know, there's there's a phenomenal amount of knowledge and experience within the, you know, marginalised communities that is just not tapped into in England at all. I'm on an executive committee um, for a wonderful group called Museum Detox here that is for um, people of colour who work in arts and heritage spaces and you know there's there's a wealth of knowledge from different marginalized communities here that you know it's just not tapped into in 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 art spaces and you know i i want to be working there i want to be changing that you know i i'm somebody who wants to to change the way that things are doing for the better. Um, so that's what Creative Arts Social is going to be doing in the future. So I hope to still work with audiences, but I think I will be working also very much with organisations, small organisations, large organisations around uh, racial activism, around decolonisation, you know, around representation for, for people of colour in, in, in arts and heritage spaces and really sort of, Again, you know, things that I've realised are so important to me as a person and a part of my identity, really exploring things like belonging and how we belong, you know, and cultural spaces are, are supposed to be places that we do belong, that we see ourselves. And I think people of colour in the UK don't see themselves in, in those spaces and they should. We, we all pay taxes as well and we should be understood. We're part of the, the, uh, the heritage of this country. And we're part of the national identity, and that's not always that's not always obvious. So, so that's that's really what is occupying me at the moment. And again, that work's going to expand. You know, it's I'm on a journey with with uh, what I've been doing there, and it's something that I feel I can really 
I can, I can really help to make positive change in, in those areas. And I think I've realised that I am an activist. I'm somebody who needs to, to, to change. You know, I don't accept the status quo. I don't, you know, I like to question. I like to look at gaps. I like to look at what people don't say rather than what they do. You know, I'm less about words and more about actions. And I realised that um, through my career. And, and you know, so I, I have to be... I have to be on, you know, I have, I have to be changing things. I have to be doing things that have meaning. I can't be sitting behind a beautiful desk in a beautiful gallery, you know, filing my nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, oh, wow, that's, that's incredible. I mean, I've just been riveted <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> and yeah, I think you're on a mission and I'm sure it may take a little time, but, you know, listening to the passion in your voice, I think you will get to what you've set yourself out to do. It's a huge task uh, because it's, it's um, changing mindsets. It's, um, you know, getting people to start to think differently. And it's also... And, and to think inclusively, to you know. think inclusively, mm. yes, and dig deeper, you know, and yeah, and and dig deeper for yourself, you know. Yes, but yeah, and also I think to um, to include sort of people's lived experience, you know, listen to people, talk to the people around you, you know, and I, you know I try to do that. I think in my own life, but I think we can always we can always do that better. You know, listen, watch, listen. Don't feel like you know everything because none of us do. You know, I, I can't speak for really anyone else of, of mixed heritage because I'm only myself, but I can try and listen to other people. I can try to see commonalities in our stories. You know, I can listen to people from different backgrounds from me. You know, I have lots of friends from, from all over the world and we all have different experiences. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm only one person with, with some big dreams, but I think... We can all carve a little path out and, and hope that we're doing something that matters. Yeah, and you can, through your, your ideas, and you can start building a community of people who think like you and mm. get onto uh, the same platform. And, you know, and yeah, mm. it's, 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 I'm, I'm curious to see how, <laughs> how this you know the kind the path that you have chosen for yourself I, I'd love to see how the direction that it takes and well, I, well yeah. I mean, thank you thank you very much I mean I, you know I'm I'm excited about that and I think you know I think you just have to move forward with with um, with you know when you have when you have ideas and you have passion you have to move forward you know we're, we're in a huge state of flux around the world at the moment let's see how that's that you know that morphs um but you know i think the path becomes clear you know you take a step and then the, ne the next step appears yeah, and absolutely. you know yeah and that's that's where i am at the moment and i think my passion at the moment is a culmination of who i am what i believe in what frustrates me in the world and it's you know and and i don't know po possibly sort of ideals of you know of better spaces better lives and better ways of doing things and I think it's a culmination of all of that you know that that drives any of us forward really and and hopefully some some positive change will come wow fantastic <laughs> so um <laughs> continue to talk to you but I guess I have to cap 
the chat somewhere. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed listening to you, Sam. And I oh, thank you all the very best. And thank you so much. And to you and this wonderful series that you're doing. Thank you um, so much. Again, you're 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 a very curious person who's journeying with other people that you're meeting along the way, you know, to help other people explore and understand what's going what's happening in the world and different experiences. So I'm very happy to talk to you as well. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you very much. Bye for now and we'll speak again soon. All the best. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. It was fascinating listening to Sam's experiences and her passion to give back through all her creative engagement projects, I think is quite remarkable. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Until the next week, this is Payal signing off. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.